not gonna say it somebody should Let's talk about two time Let's talk about but one yeah You're asking the questions that nobody could Like where the phone thoughts in Holly and Harmony everybody welcome welcome to another episode of this show i as always am pete and most times i guess there have been times when i've been more or less pete um but for now i'm pete again so today uh Today we're going to do another, we've been doing for a little while, episodes of podcasts that will probably never come to be. You know, I've had uh, many ideas for different shows to try. And uh, one of those ideas uh, is, uh, one of those ideas is to talk about the motion picture phantasm from 1979. Um, and th the premise of the show is this. I want people to watch this movie. Why did I say watch? I want people to watch this movie and then basically not don't write anything down and do not look anything up. And about six months later, be a guest on the show and tell me what the fuck is going on in Phantasm. And that's basically the premise of the show, because I think Phantasm is a movie that is impossible to understand, and uh, therefore interesting to hear what people take from it. Or, you know, when I, when I, the whole premise here is like, okay, we watched the same movie. What do you think was going on? Um, I'm kind of in this position. It's probably been a little longer than six months. It's probably been about 18 since I saw it. Um, however, I watched it and was <laughs> confused and uh, would now like to... I'll, I'll kick it off because, you know, I want to I wanna show people, like, no need to be embarrassed, right? We all, we all have our interpretations of Phantasm, and here's mine. Uh, Phantasm opens very slowly, like a lot of these movies from the era did. And, uh, but there's a funeral... And there's a susp what the fuck? Okay, hold on. All right, sorry about that. I was getting a bunch of texts because someone uh, in their newsfeed, a story came up from a friend was looking in her newsfeed, and there was a story that said a man was uh, taken to the hospital because he had beans in his peen. So apparently he somehow had beans inside his penis. Um, these are the kind of texts I receive. You know, I don't I don't hear from people for two months. And I'm like, I wonder if that person's alive. And then I get something like that. And I'm like, yep, all right. Very much so. Anyway, um, I, so I saw this movie. I don't remember it super well. And uh, so it opens, and I think there's a funeral. And then part of the funeral is that um, there is the tall man who works at the funeral home. And I think that, you know, he's kind of weird and scary looking, but also not so weird and scary looking that he's like off-putting. 
But then <laughs> there's a part where I think he's loading a coffin into a hearse or something. And it's got a body in it. So, you know, it probably weighs hundreds of pounds. And he just picks it up like it's nothing and does it himself. And I think this is a kid watching this happen. Um, so then, then other things happen. I, I seem to recall a lot of this movie being about like a kid trying to convince people that like there's something weird going on at the funeral home. I don't know what's happening. And other people are like, okay, whatever. It's a little bit kid saves the day, which isn't my favorite thing in the world. But there you have it. Um, so then at some point, you know, the, the quote unquote heroes of the movie go to the, uh, the, uh, funeral home. So they like show up there and I'm not sure exactly what they're going to try and do, but, uh, (laughs) they go looking around and then there's this magic silver ball flying through the air, um, and it's just sort of like, it seems to be patrolling the hallways or something. And then it's chasing this guy. Um, but it doesn't get our hero. Instead, the ball hits hits this other guy in the face. And then a drill comes out of it. And it drills to, into his brain. And it like shoots blood out of the other end. Um, and so then the, uh, the, the tall man, as he's called, from the funeral home is chasing our hero. But our hero escapes. Um, then it seems like they, uh, all right. There's these hooded figures that are around as well. These hooded people. They look kind of like, uh, Jawas, who, if you're not super Star Wars familiar, are the little guys who sold R2-D2 and C-3PO to Luke Skywalker. Um, that was a lot of... R2-D2 and C-3PO to Luke Skywalker. Like, why do I remember these random numbers and digits? You know, that's what's in my brain. Thank God my brain made space to remember all of that. Nonsense. Just nonsense. So anyway, um, and maybe the basic plot of Phantasm. I don't even want to call this a plot. It's like remembering Phantasm to me is like trying to remember a dream that you had. And you're like, it seems like the harder I try to remember it, the less I remember. So there's these hooded guys, and they're little. And uh, there's some kind of car accident with an ice cream truck. And it seems that one of the little hooded guys was driving. But then they discover that the little hooded guy was their friend, who they thought was dead. So then um, they go back to the funeral home or whatever. And what they find, this is, this is where things get extremely difficult to understand. It seems that they find a room, like a janitor's closet, where there is some kind of a, a doorway to like another dimension or another planet. And there's a bunch of canisters in there. And the canisters have people in them. And then... The canisters are all being taken by the little hooded guys, which there are like hundreds of, through the portal, and then they are rolling them across the ground. They're like beer kegs, these canisters. And then, like, the little guys are rolling them across this, like, moon-like landscape into the distance for unclear reason. So here's what I have to assume. I have to assume 
because the the dead friend turned out to be one of the little hooded guys. So people are being transformed into these little hooded guys. So what I have to assume is that the dead bodies of people are being taken from the funeral home, put in the canisters, and then somehow rolled across this lunar landscape to something, which then turns them into the tiny people, and then they become basically the slaves of someone, maybe the tall man, um, and they do his bidding. I'm not sure why... Uh, well, let's, let's finish this, and then we can get to the questions. This is what I'm assuming is happening based on the visual cues that we receive and the plot, as I recall it, is that uh, somebody is turning dead people into little uh, creatures who roll the canisters across the moon to make other little creatures. Anyway, then they try and fight the tall man somehow. Um... And I think they escape. I think they like uh, they somehow kill kill the my or kill the tall man. Um, what is it? I think his name. Why did I think his name was Mike? Some Angus Scrim. That's his name. Um, so they they killed him somehow. It's like one of those deaths though, where you're like, I don't, I didn't see his head get crushed by a car. I just saw, you know, he fell down a, a hole or he. Uh, got locked in a room or something. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I mean, he's probably dead. In real life, certainly this person would be dead. But on the other hand, everyone just ignores this in horror movies. They're like, oh, you know, he fell down a deep hole. Certainly he must be dead. And you're like, I mean, you just saw, this guy has a magic pinball that he flies around and drills into people's brains and shoots their blood out. He's got a, a magic moon planet that he's got little guys rolling canisters across. You don't think it's possible that perhaps he uh, could survive things that a human could not. I, you know. Anyway, and then there's like a, you know, sequel bait at the end where it's like uh, the kid, I think, is in his bedroom. And then like the, uh, the tall man shows up and comes crashing through what might be a mirror or might be a window. Uh, I can't really remember. And that's how the movie ends. So it's like, you know, it's like a Freddy movie or something where it ends. And it's like, oh, or is he the end question mark? <laughs> um, all right. Oh, also, for some reason, the tall man uh, transforms into a sexy lady and goes to a bar and picks up guys and then brings them to the graveyard to have sex with. And then, like, mid-sex, kills them. Um, well, he's, he transforms back into the tall man and then kills them. And then, uh, you know, uses their bodies to whatever. All right, here are some of the questions I have, based on my understanding of it. Um, question. Why, if you run a funeral home, or a mausoleum, or whatever it is, why do you need to, like, bring people in? If there's one thing you can count on, it's that people will die. So I'm not sure that you need to also actively be bringing more corpses in. That just seems like it causes more, uh, more scrutiny on what you're doing or, like, more potential trouble. 
Um, why is the the portal just in like a closet? What are the canisters in the closet? Do those all have people in them? Are they like waiting to get rolled across by the Jawas? Or are they empty and awaiting bodies? Why, if you have a portal, would you put it... Okay, I get it on our side. It's in a closet. That seems like you can just kind of put it whenever, wherever, right? Um, you know, if we get into portal theories, I remember once hearing a, this theory about portals in Walmarts that Walmarts had portals to the past. So what they were doing is going to the past and basically using labor labor in the past to manufacture items for the present to make them cheap. Um, which I was like, well, or you could take a portal, a.k.a. A big container ship to China and do it that way, but whatever. Um, but supposedly they have time portals and you know they there are different walmarts like that have different color signs like there's mostly blue but then there's some that are green and maybe even a couple rare red ones and it's like the past the or the future um is indicated by the color of the <laughs> the walmart thing so each walmart is built on a portal uh or not each walmart but the some walmarts are built and they're built on the portal so that way they control the portal so I guess it's possible that this funeral home was built around the portal that's on our end. But it seems like the portal is something that was built. You know, it's not like a weird stone archway or something as I remember it. It just kind of looks like a door, like an electronic door thing. It seems like something somebody built. So I would think you could just put it wherever. So where it's located on the our side makes sense, but why where it's on the other planet is it so fucking far away from wherever the little guys are rolling the canisters to? Because you just see this long line of them rolling the canisters across this uh, moonscape. Um, why would you put it so far away? Like, isn't that the whole point of portals is that you can just go immediately wherever you want? Be like if you could travel by portal and you're like, I could cut the uh, flight to New York in half and only be on the plane for two and a half hours. And it's like, or 10 minutes. My, is that an option for the portal? 10 minutes? But uh, they don't do that. Um, why the little guys are rolling the canister? It seems like, as far as I can tell... My main theory here is that the plot of Phantasm is that the tall man is turning people into his, you know, his minions. Um, and they are mostly employed right now in the act of creating more minions by putting more people in canisters and rolling them across the moon. Um, I'm not really sure what his plans are for his minions beyond that. I'm not sure why he needs them. And I'm not sure why he's going to such lengths to make more. And I'm not sure how many he needs. There seems to be many. Because in that shot on the moon or whatever, it's just this like long line of, of these little guys. So I'm not, I'm not sure how many he needs. But apparently it's a lot. It's a fuck ton, if you will. Um... I, I don't know what the end game is here. I mean, this is like famously like the episode of South Park, you know, where they have the underwear trolls or whatever. 
And they're like, step one, steal all the underwear. Step two, we're not sure yet. Step three, get rich. And you're like, okay, this is a pretty funny uh, takedown of most movie plots where you're like, yeah, why does that work? There was the James Bond movie. I think it's Tomorrow Never Dies. And uh, the plot of that one is somehow this guy is going to become like an exclusive news source or something. And that's somehow going to make him like a billionaire. And it was like, well, this seems like a long way around for that to become like the, why don't you just be like the best news source? Or, you, you know, I mean, how pissed would this guy be in 2021 when he's like, well, fuck, I did this whole thing with like a nuclear missile. I like blew up a submarine or something to become a news, the, the number one and only news source. And then BuzzFeed came along and was just like, what kind of cupcake are you? And uh, now everybody's on that. So fuck, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, uh, I killed small journalism, but they killed me. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that BuzzFeed would succeed that way? Who would have thought BuzzFeed would succeed where I failed by creating Harry Potter quizzes for all time? Um, these are most of the questions I have about Phantasm. I, I always wonder when I see a movie like Phantasm, I always, part of me wonders like, I wonder what uh, the people making it were like, did they feel like there was a coherent plot or whatever? I get the feeling that a lot of older movies like the cast and a lot of the crew and stuff had no fucking idea what was going on and they're like whatever it work it's work you know what i mean i just do work um what were we watching we watched the movies that made us so they had like back to the future on there and it seemed like there was a vision there but not everyone understood and shared that vision and it seemed like uh you know everything worked out but for every Every time there's like an everything worked out story, there's probably like 50 phantasms where it's like, well, uh, you know, who is the guy? Don Coscarelli who directed it. And it's like, well, he had a vision. I honestly couldn't say if that worked out or not. Like, what the fuck's going on? Did he success? Did he succeed? I don't know. So that's basically how uh, how this uh, show works. <laughs> Is uh, people come on and they share what they remember of Phantasm and then their theory of what the fuck's going on. Now there are some rules for this, for this show. Um, if you want to look up a basic plot, like a Wikipedia plot, I suppose that would be okay. Um... Just because, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to remember the, the beats... But other than that, you cannot look up like any, you can't look up Don Coscarelli. You can't look, I don't want fun facts. I want, I want to see if anyone understands this movie or, you know, everyone who claims to understand what's going on, whatever. If you've seen the sequels, you're probably also ineligible to participate. So, you know, get, get with me before you see the sequels. <laughs> um... And that's, that's how the Phantasm show goes. I don't even know... I don't know exactly what to call this show. Like, what the fuck is Phantasm? What the hell is going on? Who... What? Maybe just like, what? Is what this show is called. 
And it's like, yeah, we discuss Phantasm. And it's like, all right, could we just could we just look up what Phantasm is about? I'm sure Don Coscarelli has an idea of what he was going for. Or I'm sure there's many people out there who are like, oh, well, here's the Phantasm lore and blah, blah, blah. But I think this is more interesting. This gets into a whole thing of like how I think in some ways the internet has ruined the world. Because I feel like back when, you know, if, if you'd seen Phantasm and you were sitting at a table, nothing would have made me happier than to travel back to 19... No, well, for me, it would be, let's say, 2005. And I'm sitting at a table at a bar with like four friends on a Tuesday night. And we're thinking about wrapping it up, but maybe not wrapping it up. And then someone brings up Phantasm. And then we all start talking. We've all seen it. And we're all like, what the fuck's going on in Phantasm? That seems like the ideal situation to me. And so, like, sometimes the internet for me is like we've traded, uh, we've traded fun for, like, knowledge. And uh, this, this sounds like such an anti-intellectual thing to say, and I guess it is. But it's like, I mean, it wasn't it more fun to discuss what you thought it might be than to just know what it is? I mean, we're talking about a piece of art here. We're talking about a movie. We're not talking about, like, um, you know, I need to know how the human body works or something. Like, I, I need to know how periods work or something like that. I just saw this uh, this thing on Twitter. I don't know why it came up, but there was an ad for, like, that uh, some influencer person was like, you use this thermometer, it tells you when you're ovulating, and this is how I do birth control. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's, I, I don't know about this, guys. And a bunch of people were like, Here's what's the bad part about using a questionable birth control method. I think it appeals the most to dumb people. And I'm the most concerned about dumb people having a baby that they didn't mean to have. So that's, that's not good. That is not good. Now, I'm sure there's some science to this. I'm sure there's like... I'm sure that there's somebody out there who's like, I, I've been doing this for five years and it works. But let me just let me just explain you something. I knew somebody who was in a relationship for like 10 years and they were using the pullout method the entire time and it worked. And then they decided to have a baby and they stopped doing that and it worked. So, you know, the only explanation is like, I guess this guy had ninja like control and knew when it was coming. But I was like, boy, that's a long time to do that. Like, a really long time. And also, although, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously it worked. In their case, it worked. I presume they had sex an average amount. Um, maybe, maybe they barely did, so maybe that reduced the odds. I'm not sure. But my point is, like, has it worked before? Probably. Does that mean it's, like, a great idea? I mean... Is it the best way to handle this situation? Is it the top 20 best ways to handle this? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, internet. So, I guess maybe the internet does give us some stupid things. And, uh, you know, in exchange for what it took away. 
but I'm not interested in what it's given us. I want what it took away back. Let's see. Can you predict ovulation temperature? Um, according to this, your basal body temperature can't predict ovulation. Um, somethinghealth.org. The chart will help you predict. Um, Mayo Clinic, basal body temperature can be used as a way to predict fertility or as a part of method of comp contraception by helping you gauge the best days. So it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I think is probably like. You could use it in concert with something else to help you predict, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that as your only thing, right? That seems like a crazy crazy idea. This seems like a uh, Gwyneth Paltrow thing that I don't entirely trust. You know, I looked up the other day, it was like a chart of all the uh, celebrities who have PhDs and stuff, because I was like, uh, the guy from The Offspring has a PhD in like microbiology or something. And I was like, you know, really any rock star who wanted could certainly get a PhD, right? They got the fucking time. They got the money. I'm sure any school would be like, yeah, we'll work around your tour schedule, famous rock star. I mean, what do we care? We get the fucking money. We get to have you as an alumni. That's exciting. You can probably give a speech or something. And uh, there were only like 20 people. And I was like, this is kind of fucked up because, you know, or like professional athletes, there were like two. I was like, you know... I mean, Shaq was one of them. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Shaq's probably had a lot of free time in his life, I would imagine. How long does it take to suit, do one of those commercials for the general for auto insurance with a little CGI general man? It cannot be that time consuming. How long does it take to do like a whatever Icy Hot commercial or whatever the fuck he's doing? Uh, I can't imagine Shaq Diesel took that long to make. So I was a little a little annoyed because I was like, everybody's like, oh, let's listen to what these people say about everything. It's like, let's hear what celebrities have to say about science and about medicine and about voting and politics and about race and about this and about that. And then I'm like, none of these motherfuckers wanted to bother to just get like an online degree or something. Like, are they just that bored? Like, what are they doing? What are they doing with their lives and their money and their time? That would, uh, you know, I would just think if more of them had it, I'm not saying just because someone doesn't have a PhD, they're a piece of shit. I'm saying like, you would think more people from this group that we listen to so much would be a little bit more invested in education or something. By the way, I'm the only uh, of my siblings that does not have a PhD or a doctorate or whatever. Is that the same shit? I'm the only one. I'm the loser. It's like, it's taken 37 years of my life, but at this point, it's, it's firmly established. Um, I'm not married, although I'm probably as close as any of my unmarried siblings. Three out of four are not married, so that's something. Um... No kids from any of us. So none of us have provided a grandkid 
And uh, that doesn't seem in the cards, but I'm not sure. So, you know, that would be, if I, if I cared about being the favorite child, that would be the, the clear route. Um, have that grandkid. But uh, that's not worth it to me. I do not care about... Um, well, I don't think that my mom's love is based on that, but I guess I don't care about it enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to have a baby. That'll show them. It would be frustrating, though, because if you were... If you were the PhD brother, and then your other brother was like just some fucking idiot, but then he had a baby, and it's like, ugh, our mom's basing life around this grandkid all the time, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I worked hard for this, and they just had a baby. I guess having a baby is probably hard work. You know, I don't know. You have to stop pulling out at some point. That seems like hard work. I just couldn't get over that when I heard that. It was a very personal detail that someone shared with me, and it was like I was doing my best to not let my jaw hit the floor, right? So I was like, uh, wait a minute. I feel like I have a hundred questions about your methods of birth control that you've been using as an adult in your entire adult life. Like, that's that seems wild. Tell me more. Tell me how this... Tell Explain. I would have thought for sure. I think I think they thought he was shooting blanks for sure. Because it was like, there's no way this is working this long. But it turns out he wasn't. And then there's a baby. The fuck? Anyway, they're happy. They're happy. But uh, yeah, if you see a, an influencer post about telling you to uh, use a weird gizmo as birth control, uh, I would question that heavily. How about that? I would, uh, I would get a, I'm not going to call it a second opinion. I'm going to call it a first opinion from a medical professional. <laughs> uh, you know, go to Planned Parenthood and be like, have you seen this gizmo? What do you think? Good idea? Bad idea? And I, I promise you the person who works there will give it to you straight. They will probably be like, well, do you want to have a baby or... You know, I'm, I'm guessing the temperature thing is a good way if you're, like, trying to have a baby. So you're trying to predict the best days to bang. You know, you want to wait. You don't want to waste uh, a sex on not having a baby, I guess. I guess that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works when you're trying to have a baby. It's like the only scenario where you're like, well, that sex was a waste. I didn't even have a baby. You know, oh my god, I wasn't even ovulating. What a waste. It's just funny how human life works that way. Like, there was nothing that was worse to me that I could imagine that was worse than having a baby until I was probably, like, in my late 20s. You know, there I, I can't imagine... At that time, there was nothing I could come up with that would be more horrifying than having impregnated my girlfriend. And then, you know, people get into the later part of life and they're just like, oh my gosh, I sure hope I can have a baby. What a flip that is, huh? What a, uh, isn't life funny? This is the kind of thing we talk about on the new Phantasm show. <laughs> the new What the Phantasm. That's got to be the name. What the Phantasm. So yeah, thanks for listening to this uh, initial episode of What the Phantasm. 
where we talked about uh, the tall man and canisters full of people. And also, I guess, birth control, briefly. Because um, why the hell not, right? Why not talk about birth control? Whenever we get the chance. Um, control birth, everyone. Control it. Keep it under your control. That's my helpful advice for the day. Um, it's in your control. Keep it that way. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>